you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hey there and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. This one is episode 101. Yes, that's right, number 101. And I am Oliver Banks, your host and your guide to successfully delivering retail transformation. Now, if you've listened to this podcast for a few episodes, then one of the big recurring themes that you will recognize that keeps coming up again and again and again and again is that of purpose. Having a purpose helps to make sure that you stay relevant for your customers. Having a purpose helps to motivate and inspire your teams to really deliver. Having a purpose keeps you on the straight and narrow to make sure that you don't get distracted and dispersed across any number of different directions that you could take. So in today's episode, we're specifically diving into purpose in a lot more detail. And to do that, we've got a purpose expert, James Bully from Purposeful. So James helps to inspire people to discover their purpose or their company's purpose, really with a view to help people love their work and create and live more fulfilling lives. Now, we're going to dive into this, obviously, in the conversation in a whole lot more detail, so I'm not going to spoil it too much. But just before we do, James's background is really interesting. So he spent a number of years in market research, then he got an MBA, and then he spent 10 years working with InMoment, helping companies to improve their customer experience. And during this time, he got left with this question burned on his head. What is it that enables some organizations to create a clear and compelling customer proposition and inspire their people to deliver it rigorously and sustain it over time? Now, that's a pretty good question. And I think you know what the answer is going to be, right? So James thought long and hard, and all answers pointed towards purpose. Having a reason to exist beyond just making money. So I love that origin story, and I'm really excited to introduce you to James and to this conversation. So do enjoy Do grab something to make notes with because there are lots of actionable snippets in this one. And of course, you can head over to the show notes at obandco.uk slash 101. So here is my conversation with James Bolly from Purposeful. So I'm delighted to welcome James Bolly to the Retail Transformation Show. James, how are you? I'm really good. Thank you. How are you doing tonight? Yeah, very good. Thank you. It's brilliant to have you on to the show. And as I was just mentioning in the intro there, we're going to dive into one of my big topics and actually probably even bigger for you, right? Purpose. Such a huge, huge word. And it's something you specialize in, right? A huge word and absolutely something that I, I'm a self-styled expert in, although I uh, am always interested to hear other people's opinions as well. So looking forward to a really interesting conversation. Excellent. So let's just kick off. Why is purpose? Such a hot topic right now. Purpose right now is at the vanguard of several different trends, and it's making people ask, what is business for? 
today and specifically what is my business for today mm. and these trends come from various different areas such as society's desire for business leaders to take the lead on important issues like the environmental crisis businesses desire to protect their reputations and exploit those businesses desire to attract the best talent and i'm afraid i do have to mention it given we're recording in 2020 coronavirus i mean there's never been a time during which businesses have been able to leave a stronger mark on society and they've also never been watched and scrutinized like they have now and people have never asked what is the point of my job like they are doing now so all of these things are coming together to mean that authenticity is standing out and values really matter and working with purpose is providing a, a real sense of tactical advantage and sustainable strategic advantage for organizations. Mm, I think that's really important. And I think probably adding into that, just the sheer volume of different companies out there and the visibility of those companies, like you say, consumers and employees want a company that they can really get behind. So what is the point of your particular business is a you know, very easy question to say, but it's a huge, huge question to answer. And obviously it needs to go much deeper than just to sell stuff, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. I mean, there have been lots of examples of brands doing great things to support essential workers during the, the crisis. Mm. Brands switching from manufacturing gin to start brewing hand sanitizer and so on. But a lot of these are short-term and positive, but nonetheless, just kind of short-term gestures. Mm. Whereas an organization that can say, from our heart, from when we were founded, from the way we've operated for one, 10 or, or 50 years, we are about progressing this issue in society. And all we had to do during the crisis was act in line with our purpose. You know, that kind of that DNA of, of a brand being about helping others and benefiting society is what purpose is all about. And it, it does go, yeah, it does go much deeper than, than gestures or donations or pivots. It's about who you are essentially as, a, as an organization. Mm. Or as an individual, I guess, as well. Yeah. So I'm really keen to dive into how we go about finding our purpose, as, I guess, as a business or as an individual, as I say. But let's just zoom out just a second. What makes a good purpose or a useful purpose? I would answer that in a really simple way, if you like, mm. by giving you an example of what a good and useful purpose isn't. Okay. And a good and useful purpose isn't a marketing campaign mm. saying, hey, we really care about the planet. Or, <laughs> hey, look, our fizzy drink helps to quell racial tensions, <laughs> such as the Pepsi Kendall Jenner mm -hmm. advert. Um, it's not deciding that young people want their brands to have a social conscience and then deciding what that issue is going to be for you. Yep. What it isn't is this marketing campaign. So those, those marketing ploys... They ultimately are a bit hollow, I guess. They are. You know, very timely, but they're not long lasting. They are absolutely hollow and absolutely short term. So in answer to your question, a good purpose is one that comes from a place of absolute authenticity. Like a purpose without authenticity is just a marketing ploy. You have to mean it and base it in the reality of what your organization actually does and how you can claim that that benefits the world. Mm. It's fine to go for a gentle overreach, to climb a couple of rungs up the ladder and say, we create these healthy snacks 
we're helping to bring people together and celebrate. Therefore, we're helping celebrations and helping people get more joy in their life. That's that's kind of a nice, gentle overreach. Mm-hmm. But to say we manufacture fizzy drinks, people like drinking fizzy drinks, lots of different people like drinking our fizzy drink, therefore, actually, we're probably helping world peace. That's just far too much of, of a laddering uh, for it to be meaningful. It's not based in any reality. I see. So even though you may genuinely want world peace, actually, you're taking a step too far from you know what, what you do to why you do it is just too big a gap that actually no one can really make the leap. So it seems a bit disconnected. Is that how I'm reading the situation? I think you've summarized it really well. I mean, the problem is one of the most watched TED Talks of all times is Simon Sinek's Start With Why. Yes, I love that one myself. <laughs> You're going to rip it apart. <laughs> it's amazing. But over the following 10 years, it's lost a lot of nuance. And it's been interpreted as meaning our why is about saving the planet, or it's got to be about this massive higher order thing. Mm. Whereas actually, there's real beauty and real benefit in celebrating what your product or your service delivers to your local community or to your customers and what it enables them to go on and achieve. So, I mean, that's one of the real kind of problems with the purpose movement is it doesn't have to be anything to do with the planet or kind of changing the world. It's about changing the lives of the people that interact with you. And that's where I think retailers in particular can really engage with their purpose and make it authentic because in a lot of cases, they are a cornerstone of their local high street mm. or you know an element of their customers lives that they interact with every every week or every day in some in some cases mm. so you know I, I think you really need to keep a, an eye on that authenticity there is a second part which i think is to make it useful it needs to be actionable now that goes alongside i think if you are a fizzy drinks manufacturer or maybe a pizza restaurant and you are saying we are about bringing about world peace, that's too higher order for people to take action mm. based on it in their day-to-day jobs. What you need to do is find a purpose that people can use day-to-day to guide their behavior because a purpose without action is just a daydream. And what you're looking for is this thread from everybody's roles to the purpose. So I can see I'm a barista in my local coffee shop. I can engage with that higher order purpose that the brand has because I can see how serving my customers in my local community, keeping them safe, keeping them healthy, is part of our overall purpose. And it's that kind of um, street level decision making that a, a truly useful purpose will enable, along with, of course, the strategic decision making around does this product fit our portfolio? Should we introduce this technology? If we're all about creating human interactions, how authentic or how useful is it for us to implement um, facial recognition software or uh, no human interaction? Yeah, a checkout list store or whatever, yeah. Exactly. It's about creating congruence between what you intend, how you act, and how you talk to customers. So I think it's all about authenticity and and actionability in terms of making a purpose kind of really useful for an organization. Mm, That's so good. So I think we're seeing it. And what are the sort of the common mistakes that I guess people make? You know, I think we've touched on that sort of that big leap. Is there anything else that I suppose thinking about that marketing versus 
true purpose. Is, are there any other mistakes that people tend to make or you tend to see? I think we've covered the biggest mistake, which is trying to find something that you have no right to claim and it yeah. is inauthentic okay. because customers and team members alike smell through it and it just makes everybody more cynical. Mm. But in addition, I would say that there is a big mistake. And I, I think this is true in customer experience as well and in a lot of other industries. There's a real focus on what are we going to say that's going to appeal to our customers rather than thinking about what is true to our organization. Mm. So I would say if you are considering talking to customers about why they th want you to exist, you, you're going to be led down the wrong path. And I think this kind of leads nicely into the question, mm. how do you find a purpose? I think it's fine to talk to your customers about the way you make their lives better and the contribution you make to their lives and the problems you solve for them. But if you start asking them about, well, what do you think a brand should stand for? Or do you think it's important for a brand to have an environmental policy? For example, people say yes and give you all kinds of nonsense reasons to come up with an environmental purpose when actually what they want you for and your role in the world is to make their lives easier, to save them five minutes every morning so they can have more quality time with their family or make them happier. You know, yep. That's enough. Yeah. So if you say to someone, do you want to cure world hunger? Yes. Do you want to save the rainforest? Yes. You know, and then you'd end up taking on all of these huge, huge challenges <laughs> because you've asked customers and they've said, yes, please. Absolutely. That'd be great. Absolutely. And you know, I think the parallel in, in customer experience is if you kind of talk to customers or you see an innovation in, a, in another store that seems to work for them, you think, customers seem to like that. I should find a way to crowbar that into my customer mm. experience rather than thinking about, well, what do we stand for and, and is there congruence with, with our purpose mm. and, and this, this technology or, or this initiative? Mm. So let's get into, into it in a deep way. How do you find your own purpose as a brand? Purpose has to come from an exercise of authentic self-reflection. So you need to think about the problem that your brand was invented to solve. Now, if you're a, a massive 150-year-old retailer, go back to your founder's intent. What was the problem that our founder was trying to solve in society? And then see if you can find evidence of that throughout your modern history. So you think about um, an organization like Boots. What was Jesse Boot trying mm. to do in the 19th century when he started Boots the Chemist? And how have we been true to that through our history? You need to look at the problems that you're solving today for your customers and look at the alignment between those two things. And lastly, you need to look at the things that are making your people proud to work with your organization and the things that they're proud of your organization achieving and the impact that that's having on your customers. Mm. And somewhere in the beautiful mess you will find in those three questions will be something that is true to your organization through its history, whether that's one year or 150 years. So let's just dive into each one of those. If we start with that sort of founder's intent, shall we say, if you, if you look back and you find out that actually your founder bought some stuff and wanted to sell it to make some money to get by, how do you turn that into a purpose, James? So there are organizations whose purpose is about improving the lives of their people. 
and being a great place to work and being a source of local uh, employment, mm-hmm. which I think is often a part of that that founder's story. I mean, I think if you uh, if you watch The Apprentice on the BBC, you'll see Alan Sugar's story is all about all about being a barrow boy made good, and his intention was yeah buy it, see if I can make a profit and, and sell it on. Make loads of money. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it comes across. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's you know, that's part of the, his narrative. But I think most organizations can look back at what made your organization successful when it set up, where it set up. People were buying that stuff cheap because it was innovative or different or solved a particular problem that wasn't being solved by something else. What was the impact that you were having on their local community? Mm. And there may be a bit of extrapolation required there because the best case scenario is if that founder is still living. But if, if they're not, then um, yep. you know, you'll need to go back to historical record and, and kind of see what it was that made them successful. But there is normally something to that success that you can draw out that's related to the customers and the impact so I suppose almost trying to immerse yourself in that history, trying to understand what was going through his or her head at that particular moment in time. Who were they trying to serve? What made them stand out as a business and ultimately got them through the first day, the first week, the first month, the first year of trading and continued to build that brand until it is whatever establishment it is today. Yeah. And in a lot of brands, you see that story coming out already. Like you think about Waitrose's first store, uh, Waitrose and I can't remember the other guy's name, but you know, what did it stand for in its local community? That origin story has been well mined for mm. providing values for Waitrose and partners today. I think there's, a, there's there really is a, a rich scene that you can go into there. And I think it works not just for mm. retail organizations, but for any brand. You know, if you're manufacturing cereal, go back to, you know, think about Kellogg's history. Kellogg's really genuinely thought that toasting corn with loads of salt and sugar was the healthiest way you could start the day. And it was about providing nutrition. And mm. you can build a really authentic origin story or really, really really meaningful starting point for your brand by looking at that that problem or that benefit that, that the original organization was trying to deliver. Yep. Cool. Look back at that rich history. I love this sort of stuff as well. Look at the founder, look at what that original intent was and get back to your, your roots that originally kicked you off for success. So that's the first opportunity for finding your purpose. What was the second one, James? Well, I think it's looking at the problems that you solve today. Mm. So stop thinking about your uh, product range. Stop thinking about your estate footprint. Stop thinking about your margins and start thinking about what are the jobs that my customers are using us to do? And it's the famous example of Mm. why does somebody hire a milkshake? What is the job that the milkshake has been hired to do for the consumer. It's not about making the coldest, thickest, or fruitiest shake. It's about understanding the job that the customer wants that milkshake to do, the problem that that milkshake is solving. So if you are a retailer, let's think about a large coffee chain, for example. Mm -hmm. Is the problem you solve today delivering the strongest coffee? Or is it about having the most affordable coffee on the high street? Or is it about providing 
a community meeting space? Is it about giving people good quality on the go food so they can have successful days? Is it about speeding them through their commute in order that they can get to work quicker or no, they can spend an extra 10 minutes in bed or an extra 15 minutes with the, the kids over, over breakfast? Mm. What are the jobs that they're actually trying to achieve by using you to provide their morning coffee or their breakfast or their, or their lunch? And it's getting in, in tune with that. I could imagine a coffee shop looks at its customers and says, actually, we solve all of those problems and probably more, you know, with, with the local hot desking for, you know, startups and students and whoever else. Actually, with the meeting place, with this, with that. How do you sort of dispel that? Because there could be so many different elements you do. And I guess maybe it goes without saying, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. But if you say my purpose is to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, it kind of gets so watered down and so irrelevant that you can't make it actionable. You can't go after it or you get confused, right? I agree. I think purpose is normally taken up the ladder, two or three rungs, as I, as I say. And to some extent, it will be generic because you don't want to talk about specifically what you do or, or the values that you, that, you, that, you, that you bring. You want to talk about the benefit that you're delivering. What you can't do in that case is, is what you've just described, which is say, well, we are a meeting point and a hot desking place and, and, and. You need to say, what is the unifying theme underneath all of those things that makes us special? What's the, that underlying problem that we are solving? Mm. And that's where you start bringing in this idea of what have we achieved that we can be truly proud of? What is it about being us that is truly inspiring to our people. Actually, when we look at our local branch of this coffee store, is the area manager and the team in the store really proud of the fact that the local community center closed down and we found a way to house the groups from the community center mm. and still managed to get the morning footfall through so that we're making even more money than we did before and we're even better respected? Is it that we're proud that we've never We've never poisoned a customer. Is it? Is it proud that? <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> is it, yeah. Is it proud? Are we proud that Oliver came in last week to thank us for saving his reusable coffee cup because his daughter had, had had got it for him, and the fact that we knew him and could put it aside for him, you know, the fact that we knew him really made him feel worthwhile because mm. he hasn't seen his his daughter in three months because she's moved away when 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 he got divorced or whatever it might be. What are these stories that indicate mm. the? impact that we're having on people's lives. If you do that exercise where you're looking at these sources of pride, you will get a messy, tangled ball of stories that are fantastic sources of, of recognition, fantastic testimonials for your brand, mm. and a fantastic source of the heart of what your organization is. Mm. There is one problem with this approach or one obvious problem with this approach, which is you want to include as many people as you can in this exercise. Mm. Because, you know, let's just imagine we're in the local coffee chain still. If the uh, operations director and the most senior executives in the business talk about what they're proud of, it could be completely different from what Jenny in the high street store talks about. The barista, yeah. Yeah. So you want to get a cross section of those views and see where the crossover is or see what the themes are that emerge from it. And that's not easy. Mm. 
but remember you're not trying to write something that is a panacea it's not it doesn't have to be not everybody has to sign up and say i love this this is why i come to work every day but everyone needs to be able to say i can see how i contribute to this mm. and the way i go about contributing to this really inspires me mm. because that's one of the benefits of purpose right if you're focused on the end goal or the the overall benefit you want to deliver it can inspire lots of different ways of thinking about that so the famous Starbucks example, we want to be the third place between work and home where people really feel like they can relax. Brilliant. What does that mean? That can inspire all kinds of innovations that coffee shops and cafes haven't thought about before and restaurants haven't thought about before. Mm. It inspires our decor, it inspires our product range, it inspires how we dress, how we talk to customers, inspires the music, and it inspires innovation. And if you'd have just said, we are going to be the people that are best at delivering milky coffee beverages. We're going to have the you know, milkiest <laughs> coffee beverage. It, it doesn't have the same impact. But it doesn't mean that if I'm working in a Starbucks in my city, it doesn't mean that I'm inspired by this idea of a third place, but I'm inspired by delivering great service, which is part of that. And I can see how it, how it relates through to it. And I could see how you could take that and actually you could break it down and say, actually, there are several different sort of almost blocks to be able to feed into creating that overall purpose as well that again each one can break down and you can say actually this is the reason we are doing this particular activity or initiative or whatever is to support better service which helps to da 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 well exactly i mean the way purpose works and you can read more about this in in kind of in the show notes and the articles there but it's it attracts aligns guides and motivates people mm. and there's no better way to make sure an initiative sticks than uh, relating it to a long-standing authentic purpose that that you have always talked about delivering yep absolutely and yeah just for everyone listening we will put in some links to more reading and we'll put in that simon cynic video as well in there so want to go in deeper and find out more about james's perspective then do head over to those show notes so james what was the third element it was about looking at what you're proud of right yeah, that's right. And we've, we've covered that a little bit, uh, a mm. little bit there, I think. The real point of these three questions is they lead to claims that are authentic. As, as I said earlier, there's absolutely no benefit in asking consumers what they'd like you to be. There's no benefit in asking your team what they want to be or what they want to stand for, because it leads to... Um, a thousand different ideas, I could imagine. <laughs> a thousand different ideas that, that anybody could claim and you know, you have no authenticity, no no right to claim that you do that. Now, you want your purpose to be big. Mm. If it's not big, then it's something you might be able to achieve in a couple of years, in which case it's a mission or it's not going to inspire people in the right way. Mm. But it has to be rooted in the reality of your organization and the services and products that you deliver day to day. Sure. That's that's really good. I really like it. How long should it take to define your purpose? Uh, how long is a piece of string, really? I mean, one of the one of the challenges with the purpose movement is that a lot of the statistics they quote around growth and profitability are utter nonsense. Because <laughs> if you think about it, you know, a startup, a disruptor, is much easier for them to say, this is what we're about. We've been going two years and here's the through line and here's the story of our brand. And to be honest, it was probably there when they started. Mm. 
if you are boots and you've got 150 plus years of heritage and you are trying to bring however many thousand stores along on the journey with you, it's not a process that can be done overnight. No. <laughs> and all of the purpose statistics you see will say purpose-led brands grow faster than non-purpose-led brands. And that's because purpose-led brands tend to be newer and growing from a smaller base than non-purpose-led brands mm. in these definitions, because it is really hard now. So is it is it BS? It can be. One of the real challenges I see with the purpose movement, if you'd like to call it that, is there's a lot of evangelism mm. and not very much practical advice on how to actually do it. Yep. Now, I would say if I were the incoming CEO at a retail chain with 400 stores, the first place I would go is, what does this brand stand for? What is our purpose? Mm. And I would look to engage with as many people throughout the business to get an understanding of that. Because purpose is, you know, it tells customers what to expect when they interact with us. It tells people how they should behave and it inspires people to try harder. And then my job is to make sure that we bring that to life and pass it on to the next CEO, hopefully in 10, 15 years time. Mm. Very much like any kind of turnaround CEO, you know, what, what are we going to be famous for? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that also raises an interesting question as to is it the CEO who is in charge of purpose? Is, who is responsible for finding and defining that purpose? I think it's always the CEO's responsibility to ensure the organization works towards the purpose. If you think about the activities that need to happen in an organization, if, if you're leading it, you can delegate HR, you can delegate the marketing, you can delegate the operations. Can you realistically delegate being the guardian of what this brand is about and ensuring that we travel towards that North Star, I don't think you can. No. So when you put it like that, it's uh <laughs> it's a pretty obvious answer actually. What is the what is the point of the CEO if it is if it is not to ensure we are um traveling towards that ultimate purpose? Mm. However, does the CEO need to be personally involved in discovering that purpose if it's not already clear? They certainly need to sponsor the, the project mm. and they certainly need to be engaged in it, but they don't need to kind of deliver it themselves. And it would be hubristic of any CEO to think that they could represent the voices of whether it's the five people in their organization or the 10,000 people in their organization. Mm. They absolutely need to ensure that everybody's voice is in some way represented in that, in that definition. Mm. And then I think what's really fascinating about purpose is because purpose can inspire everyone in the organization, but everyone has an individual purpose and will take a different meaning mm. from that purpose statement. Actually, there's a lot of onus on local managers and middle management to ensure that those individuals can see that they are contributing to the purpose and are feeling that sense of meaning mm. every day. Yeah, that's an interesting question. So should you just have one purpose and that is the same purpose for everyone or should you be able to break it down and say, actually, this team or division or whatever, their purpose is this? So there is a concept Sinek talks about, which is nested purpose, mm -hmm. which is it, it is fine for a team mm -hmm. to have its own purpose as long as, as long as it is nested within the same tree that the organizational purpose is within. Yep. So I think it's fine. For example, 
I'm running the organization Purposeful to inspire people to discover purpose so they can love work and lead more fulfilling lives. Mm. I think it would be fine for a marketing director within Purposeful to say, we are really focused on sharing the inspiring stories around purpose to really get people focused um, on purpose without going on and, and doing the other stuff because that's more related to their job day to day. But it, it really clearly relates to the overall purpose of the of the organization. Mm. And I would encourage what you would find in an organization is the teams that are able to align themselves around this higher purpose are the ones that tend to be more engaged and more aligned and do better work and so on. So they're the ones that tend to get noticed and rewarded. So I would always encourage a team, even if an organizational purpose is not clear, to think about that question. What is the impact we can have on our customers through the work we're doing and how can that benefit them in order to try and inspire them to to the right behaviors over time. Mm. So if you're listening and you don't happen to be the CEO and you don't happen to be on the exec perhaps, then actually you can still define your own purpose in line with perhaps the existing purpose of of the company or maybe your own impression of the purpose of the company in line with the values, etc., and then define actually what are we here for as a team to help drive, to help guide, to help motivate, to help inspire as, you, as we've been talking about throughout this whole conversation. I think it's really great. And I guess you could do that as an individual as well. Absolutely. I mean, I always say that an individual's purpose should not overlap entirely with an organization's purpose because that can lead to serious problems down the line if that individual is no longer employed by the organization mm. or the organization fails. It can lead to significant kind of uh, self-esteem mm. problems. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah, what you want is to be aware of your story and your purpose and your unique gifts and why you are on the planet uniquely you and how that overlaps or abuts with the organizational purpose because that then gives you that thread through from your role into the organizational purpose and your personal inspiration into the role. And that's what really helps people be satisfied at, at work. The research of Teresa Amabile in, in North America says that people are most satisfied at work when they feel like they've made progress on something that matters. And that is what purpose enables you to deliver to your teams and to your organization is that sense that what they've been doing really matters. It's not just making more money for some faceless shareholders. Yeah, It really does make a, a difference. And if people get that state, then they will be happier at work. They'll be happier at home. They'll contribute more to society. They'll be more productive. Everybody will be better off. And that is why I'm so passionate about purpose today is that we can really make a difference to our economy, to our organizations and our lives by connecting people with what it is their unique skills and their efforts is enabling society to, to achieve. That's so good. James, this has been so insightful. I've really enjoyed the conversation. I'm just really keen to ask a couple more questions just before we do wrap this one up. The first one is quite an easy one, I guess. How can people find out more and get in touch, James? So that is an easy question, Oliver. I, I would encourage... <laughs> I would encourage anyone listening to come to the purposeful.com website and purposeful is spelled P-R-P-S-F-L.com. Which is purposeful without the vowels. That's it. 
exactly. I was trying to look young and funky, <laughs> which I, I've, I've been only partially successful in doing. But that should <laughs> allow you to do two things, which could be really useful. If you're interested in purpose, we do a regular newsletter looking at uh, the latest critique of purpose, the latest articles about purpose, and hints and tips on how to discover and, and live purpose. Mm-hmm. And it will give you access to a load of articles about why purpose is important and some of the definitions and, and so on that um, that we've not gone into on this on this podcast in, mm. in lieu of kind of some more interesting conversation. And then secondly, my name is James Bolly, B-O-L-L-E. And if you want to connect with me on, on LinkedIn, then that's where I throw out a lot of my best tactical tips on how to actually make purpose something that lives and breathes within your organization rather than just a pithy phrase that you've painted on your boardroom wall that's like so important not to just go and paint it on the boardroom wall and assume everyone knows it right <laughs> well that's it i mean the quality of your purpose is determined by how well it lives and breathes in your organization not how pretty it looks or how well it's worded <laughs> i like that so people should head over to purposeful.com prp sfl.com or connect with James on LinkedIn, James Bolly, B-O-L-L-E. <laughs> I listened to a podcast once where the main advice was never call your company something that you have to spell for people. And I have the dual problem of having to spell my company name and my and my surname. So I think I might be screwed. <laughs> but nonetheless, head to those places and you'll get some great content. <laughs> so final question, James. I'm really keen. What should people do? They've finished listening to the podcast. What should they do? to take this and put it into action? So I would do three things, if, if that's okay. Please go and grab a handful of people you work with and ask them why your company exists and see how many different answers you get. If you ask five people and get more than one different answer, then you've got work to do to define that higher purpose and find the thing that emotionally engages everybody. So that's step one. And if you get no answers, then that's also a problem. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the second thing I'd like you to do once you've done that exercise is ask the same people, what have they been really proud of in the last couple of years? What have they been proud of the organization doing? And get a sense of whether there is a common thread that could emotionally engage people. And then thirdly, whatever level you are in that organization, think about how you can discover that purpose and articulate it to help attract the right people and guide and and motivate the people you do have. If you already have purpose and you're, you're certain that everybody's aligned to it, go and look at your customer journeys and rewrite them based on what you would be doing if cost was no barrier and you were making those customer journeys entirely purposeful, Mm. have a think about what the gaps are. That's great advice. And actually, you can definitely get started on that right away. Thank you so much for joining me on the Retail Transformation Show. You've really dropped some big golden nuggets on this huge topic all around purpose. So thank you so much. Oliver, thank you for catching my nuggets. Uh, It was a real pleasure. (laughs) Thanks, James. Cheers. So there we go, James Bolly and a great conversation all about finding your purpose. I hope you enjoyed it. As I mentioned earlier on, purpose is one of those topics that keeps coming up and up and up and up. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I've got another few episodes which I thought you may want to listen back to. 
You're going to have to scroll a bit through the archives for the first recommendation, which is episode 25, Becoming a Relevant Retailer. And that is actually then followed by episode 26, which is about taking your purpose and then delivering it, living it through your operating model. So making sure that you are set up to realize what it is that you stand for, what it is that you exist for. So episode 25 and 26. And then also it may be worth listening to episode 90 and 91, which was a two-parter exploring the 10 Ps to transform retail. And here's a little spoiler alert for you on that one. One of those Ps absolutely is purpose. So do go and check those out. Episode 25, 26, and then 90 and 91. And if you'd like a little reminder, then what you need to do right now is head over to the show notes page over at obandco.uk slash 101. And hey, whilst you're over there, why not sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing? This is a weekly email that is packed with the latest news headlines from around the world of retail transformation, highlighting new innovations, insight, and the latest trends. So do sign up. It's absolutely free. That's the Retail Transformation Briefing, which you can get from the show notes at obandco.uk slash 101. So thanks so much for joining me today. If you haven't already subscribed, do hit the button on your favorite podcast app to make sure that you do stay subscribed for new episodes of the Retail Transformation Show coming out every single week. And I look forward to joining you in another episode very soon. Bye for now. Bye for now.